Another week and yet another conference. This time around, it's Lean Agile Brighton 2023. And me, your host, Ben Maynard, is going to be interviewing some of their best speakers to get their talks in 10. What can you expect from this conference? Well, hot topics that relate to the challenges of modern agility, how leadership needs to change, and how we need to fund products, not projects perhaps. So sit tight, it's going to be almost like you're there with us. Today's episode of the Product Agility Podcast comes with a special gift in association with Aha Slides, your go-to engagement tool for fun, engaging and effective learning and workshop experiences. Whether I am teaching the criticality of a clear and compelling product vision or facilitating a product strategy workshop, Aha Slides always makes it a more elevating and effective experience through its polls, quizzes and brainstorming tools. Discover how Aha Slides can elevate both your in-person or remote experiences by visiting Aha Slides and use the code AHAXPROD, which is also in the show notes, for a whopping 50% off of an annual subscription. Episode 2 at Lean Agile Brighton 2023 sees me, episode 2, episode 3 sees me with Shelby Wilson. Yes, we're kind of out of order, you see, because uh, we interviewed Julie before you, Shelby, because you were on before Julie, but Julie was free. So, and you wasn't, and now it's getting confusing. So we're here with Shelby Wilson. Hi. Hello, say hello to everyone, Shelby. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and Shelby, you were second up today following Dan North, Daniel, 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 Daniel who we had on the podcast earlier. And your talk was on Consult Your Agile Coach. Yes. So if you could just give our listeners a bit of an introduction to yourself and a little overview of your talk, and we'll take it from there. Of course. Um, hi, I'm Shelby Wilson. Um, I'm an Agilist by trade. Um, I hate to give myself a title of coach, scrum master, whoever, uh, been doing this coming up to, I think it's coming up 15 plus years, maybe longer. Uh, I, I'm old now, so don't, 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 don't realise how long I've been in the industry. Um, and my talk is just about me being in many different uh, organisations, startups, fintechs, perm and contracting, and working with some of the big consultancies that I've seen go into some of these companies and the chaos that they bring and actually some of the cons that they also bring because i i'd like to bring a val- balanced view about them and not actually bash them because i think that makes me just a little, little bit poor but it's just about you know if we are the true agilists that we are we believe in the values and the principles of agility then surely we are the people that can go in and really embed agility in the organizations that we work for um and then also just providing some tips and tools about if you have gone in after these consultancy firms and they have left you with a 350,000 page PowerPoint document of agility, how you can do the best you can do to work, help sort that out and navigate it and, and put some really good practices and so get some great outcomes from the organisation that you're in. And maybe a 350,000 pound bill. Uh, oh my good God. Uh, <laughs> let's go in the millions. Oh, well, yeah, I was, I was being, being modest. <laughs> Being modest, um, yeah, and maybe a little bit uh, depressed, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, this is something that I've had direct experience of, and it it broke my heart. Yeah, you know, particular times at RBS and yeah. when uh, at Deutsche Bank as well. And I'm going to name names because I don't work there anymore, and I don't think they're going like, to sue me or anything else. Um, but the you, know, you put all this effort in to try and get things happening in a certain way and try and get certain people on, on a train and try and come around everyone. And then before you know it, there's a, a number of page deck from McKinsey yeah. talking about the Spotify model. And it just kind of rips your heart out a little bit when you've been trying to send things in the right direction, in a direction for so long. And then someone comes along and steals it. And I think you were being, 
I loved your honesty in relation to the consultancies. And I, and I loved the fact you were trying to get balance. And I think I put on LinkedIn, I said it must have yeah. been hard getting balance given your bad knee. Because yeah. um, I fell down. I, I, I literally fell down just before. It's a standard joke that I, I, I was meant to come to Lean Agile in Brighton last year, but I had got COVID. And then there's a standard joke between the organisers that I'm trying to have every excuse to not come. But you, you made a really good point back there, right? It. If you are true to, to agility and you love what you do, and I do, and you love the power that agility helps with people, that's what kills me too is, is and hurts my heart, is that I see great people hurt by the McKinsey's, the BCG's of the world that go into an organisation and provide, they don't call it the framework, but yet we know it's that framework, so safe, Spotify, whatever. They put it into an organisation and then fundamentally, and whilst I couldn't really cover that in, the, in what is a half an hour talk, that is my problem. Good people who really will love agility, excuse the language, will be fucked over by this, by these 350,000 page document because it's actually, it's, it's, it's fodder because it's a mixture of 20 different work frameworks in one that they have charged 300 million pounds for. Get your framework, learn it, fail at it. If it didn't work for you, go on to the next one. All, all frameworks are a tool in your, your tool bag. And what BCG, BCG, Deloitte, whoever, when they go into organisations, is mix it all together and really fuck over an individual. Oh, my language. I'm so sorry. Really fuck over an individual who then sets about going, I love this. This is my vocation. This is the journey I want to travel in. I want to go and be a scrum master, tester, dev in this realm. I want to be an agile coach. I want to be in product ownership, blah, blah, blah. It really messes them up because it does two things. They've not learned the framework properly. So if they ever left the organization they will go into and have an interview somewhere else, a good agilist will call them out on it and, and automatically they've not got the job. So they're stuck then in that realm of being, well, I'm stuck here because I've just been fed something bad. And this day and age, most people don't have the skills or the money to go and buy qualifications or get training. And it just becomes a reciprocal round robin. Um, I think what you have to do is... is as I said, don't criticise them. Go in, learn from whatever that is. Realise, though, the world of agility is massive and connect into that and see what you can leverage out. Like coming to great conferences yeah. and to learn what you can learn from people that are in that realm. Yeah, but I, I, I feel the pain. I feel your heart. I know, I know I'm there on a constant. I did some research a little while ago, and I'm not going to name specific names. This is publicly available data. And I was looking at how many, and this is very kind of agile related. It's not so much like product related, but let's keep it in the agile world for now. Because I looked, and there's about 300 or so certified scrum trainers. There's about 300 or so yeah. professional scrum trainers. There's one consultancy with over 450 SPCs, oh. people able to deliver safe. And I thought, isn't that phenomenal? There's one consultancy out there. We've got more safe, potential safe trainers. The C to the P and ends of me company. No, uh, no. I, 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 I think I, know, I'll, I will tell you when we stop recording. So I've got the data on my laptop, but I'm not going to mention it now, just no. in case I got it wrong. But you can look it up. You can look yeah. this information up, and it's just, I think it's everything that has gone wrong with agile. agile. Yeah, I think Dan kind of got it right. Dan was on the right track for me today when you started talking about some of the yeah, technical, talking about technical practices and yeah. talking about processes. And I think that I wonder, it's something I posed to a friend of mine um, over WhatsApp, and I, maybe I posted it to Dan as well, and I'll post it to you. There's lots of people saying that Agile is dead. I'm wondering, is it dead or is it just going back to its roots? Oh, oh, really good question. Now, I, I, I listen, I read plenty of articles and I, I quite say it myself, 
I certainly have got to the position where I don't say agile anymore. I don't go into conversations with people or leaders, executives, or anybody that I'm coaching or mentoring and saying, right, I'm going to talk to you about agile. Like, it has just become a dirty word. So is it dead? No, I think there's a resurgence happening. Does it look like it's the word agile or the practices and things that we do in that realm? Maybe not. But we haven't called it anything else. And we, I don't see a name out there that's calling it anything else. So we just don't say it. So is it that we're going backwards and we want to re, re get back into our roots? Maybe. I would say yes. I'd like to think so. Because actually when you do go all the way back, and if you look at the old days and to Dan's point, right, let's look at XP and Crystal yeah. and what they did. Look at Martine um, Davos, yeah. right? This is stuff that she did. It was go. She she went back to her roots. That's I, maybe that's what we all need to do is go back to our roots, learn the basics, get it right, roll it out, and then hopefully one day the word agile won't become as dirty um, as it sounds at the moment. <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a bloody hard situation to be oh, in at the moment. You know, it's it's, it's so fascinating, and the analogy that I um, have been kind of using, and what's interesting, I heard this. Um, there's a lady called uh, Radhika Dutt. Yes. Uh, but radical product thinking. Yep. Yep. So I met her last week, had an amazing conversation with her and saw her talk as well. And she used exactly this very, very similar metaphor to what I've been using for a while, which is I think agile is a great, it's a great, like, it's a great engine to propel you forward. Right. And, and, and there's so much stuff in there, which helps you make great quality, uh, software, which is, which, in order, which drives your great product. But the one thing that Agile is kind of, and you can challenge me on this a little bit, right? Or, or agree with me, I don't know, either one works, right? But, <laughs> but I think Agile, where Agile's kind of, where it didn't need to be good 20 years ago yeah. is in steering the car. No. Because it was a very different landscape. It wasn't as competitive. It was harder for people to get into the market and do stuff. Now, how yeah. you steer the car is that that's kind of what most of it is about. It's niche, right? Yeah. And so, so if products steer in the car and Agile is kind of the elder stuff we need to then to propel forward, together they're brilliant. Yeah. But just one or the other doesn't work. doesn't work. And I think that's where you see that, see that the, you know, the cohort of people that sit in different camps, right? They, they are, it's, we're very split and diverse across the, the range of, of the realm that we all kind of live in and we all live in that, in whatever we were born in. So I was born in Scrum. I love it. But as a as an Agilist, I know it's not my be all and end all when I'm speaking to somebody or want to coach somebody or mentor somebody. It just, it can't be. Because to your point, whilst that might steal my steering wheel, I have a body of a car to deal with, the windows, the doors, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You've got to look at everything that's out there. Yeah, you have. And it's a holistic thing. Now, if we could take the last few moments to go back to your talk yeah. specifically. And I'm wondering, when you were... When you were creating the talk or after you created it and you were looking back and you're looking back all the great stuff you had on there, what do you think people's biggest takeaways would be from it? I really hope it would be don't criticise. And and I come from a human-centric perspective on that, in that that makes you look worse. That makes you you your value go down. And if you are passionate about what you do and you have the knowledge and the skill then that will just naturally shine through in your passion and as you're speaking to people but don't criticize somebody else to get the foot up the door i just don't think that get does anybody any well i feel it doesn't do me favors or anybody else any favors and i hope that's what people take away 
Nice. It reminds me of uh, Chris Hadfield being a zero, yeah. you know, going there and being a zero. But it also reminds me, and I'll, I'll leave on this note, is that, um, a gentleman named uh, Chris Barker, who is my CIO for many years, uh, when I compl- was complaining to him at Royal Bank of Scotland about uh, the consultancies that the consultants were coming in the, and the centralised programme that was kind of trying to take over everything. And yeah, and we had a programme which we had decided to not take on, but this is just going to be a shit show. <laughs> and there's no point so we'll just do our thing and we'll let them but then it got to a point and I remember phoning him up and he said Ben you've got two options you can either keep on standing outside the tent trying to piss in or you can get inside the tent and try and start pissing out yeah. he said I recommend you just get in the tent mate yeah. and as obscure as that advice seemed at the time what I found was to your point there's no point in criticising and I find actually the more we can get inside with them the more you can influence yeah and then you're in a position yeah. and if you decide it isn't for you then you probably you your feet will make a decision in the tent, as they say <laughs> you just piss all over everyone in the tent yeah you, like, <laughs> that's I, I absolutely that i love that and that is that is the perfect analogy to take away from my talk you know you can piss outside the tent we can all do that it's, it's there but if you want to be part of the tent and be believe in yourself and your passion that you have for it as i keep on saying go piss in that tent but there's a way you don't need to be aggressive or yeah. horrible about it you know because the next person by the side of you can just piss as long as you can. <laughs> just just go have conversations, show show your value, be there, be present and, and love what you do. And I think that's why I, I, I kind of set the talk that. And I just think that if I've got to be honest, folks, that consultancy sometimes do kill really good people inside, inside organisations. And on that note, Thank you very much, Shelby. My absolute pleasure. Um, I'm assuming that LinkedIn is a good place for people to find you. LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Shelby Wilson, um, or Twitter. I'm Shelby Lou 27. Um, I did have a pseudonym, so you might want to see some of my previous stuff under the name of Black Sheep. But I've, I, I have now deleted and tried to shut it all down because I want to come out as my authentic self. So most of my stuff in, on LinkedIn, Twitter, and even Medium is all under Shelby Shelby Lou 27. Brilliant. I recommend everyone check that out. Thank, thank you so you. much for coming on. Thank you for listening. Pleasure. No, no, thank you. Thanks for interviewing me, Ben.